Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the Old Dad Jazz Podcast. This is your host, Matyash, and tonight I have with me Tony DeMaio. She's a psychic, she's an author, she's a co-host of the Psychic Tapestry Monday Block Talk Radio. And she's also a Reiki master and teacher, and she's a transformational life coach, and maybe other things, and... Um, we're going to talk about how her mission in life is to basically unite all religions under the philosophy of love, how her psychic experiences started at an early age, and how at an early age she knew what her mission in life was. Very interesting. And she's going to talk about how we can connect to that part where we know we get in the flow of life and... Um, Yes, very interesting episode, very, very cool, if I may use that old phrase, very cool guest. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So welcome to the podcast, uh, this All That Jazz podcast. I have tonight with me Tony DeMaio, and she's a uh, psychic uh, she do blog talk radio as well. You're an author and uh, you're a Reiki master and you do all yes. coaching as well, right? Transformation. Yes, coaching. I do. Right. Yes, I do, sir. So um, your story probably started like a lot of my guests, like early on. Um, and uh, did you, were you psychic at an early age? Yes, I've been psychic since birth. Actually remember my birth? And I've always wow. had a very close, yeah, I've had a close relationship with my spirit guide. So even in the womb, I remember him telling me a little bit of an outline of what the different challenges I would have. I've had quite a wild, crazy life. Lots Wait, of how do you remember that? Do you remember like auditory? Do you remember like... I remember everything about it. I remember the actual birth coming down out of a dark place. I remember that sounds were amplified as if I were underwater, which I was, but I wasn't aware of being underwater. I was, like, I was always an adult consciousness inside of a child's body. Mm. I'm a very old soul. And so I was born into this, came down this tunnel, and then I was like scared, free flight, like people were lifting me and running around and putting things in my eyes and I couldn't see from the light. The lights were so bright. Right. So and it was a my, challenge yeah. to go from the yeah. spiritual to the physical, like, um, yes, it's like I was zoomed into there and then zoomed out. <laughs> what is your experience of, uh, since you have, you have memory of, uh, before you were born, what is your experience of the soul before you're born? It, does it start? Uh, right at conception or does it uh, de- inhabit it later on? I think it, I think the soul comes in later on only because from my memories, mm-hmm. I just remember kind of an orientation in there with lots of voices echoing. I could, I could recognize my parents. I'd been in there long enough to know, or I knew ahead of time who they were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was, coming down the birth canal it was it was a squeeze it was painful i remember all that it was like oh life now this life is kind of tough already and then i popped out and right. then i was scared yeah so i think it's at the moment of of uh, birth that's when the soul enters 
I think the body is forms and they make sure before the soul enters so that when a baby uh, miscarries because mm -hmm. the body isn't forming properly, the soul isn't involved in that. I don't, I don't believe, but I could be wrong. We're not okay. going to know for sure okay, okay, until okay. we get up there, but I've heard others say that as well. That was my, that's my intuition that, that I'm going. By. So the, the guides are, um, you, you mean that you're, they're like your guardian angels in a way. In yes. Tradition. Well, there, there's actually a hierarchy of angels. If you want to get into that, there are archangels who are over your spirit team. That's the best way to put it. Okay. You have a spirit team when you come to earth. It's more than one. But everyone is given one spirit guide. They don't have wings. They were on the earth at one at another time. And they have had similar challenges that you will endure. And you basically have a contract, I believe, with God, with your higher power, whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. and him her whatever the great white light you know the force for goodness mm -hmm. and uh, you have pretty much outla outlined with the with your creator what you want to do what you want to accomplish soul wise so earth right earth is like is like a, a stage like uh plays we're, we're like enacting dramas and comedies and um in you know in which we are learning our lessons here right is it Earth helpful school. to know beforehand uh what the lesson is because obviously did you know a lesson even before you were born did you know your purpose i didn't know my purpose fully i did i did actually i did i i, I knew i was going to write books because when i was three two two maybe two i started to try to write and I kept saying, first thing I ever said to my parents when I could make sentences was, I'm going to write books. But I didn't know what they were going to be about, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what kind of books. But I knew I came to write and that communication was my thing. Then when I was seven, Archangel Michael took me out of my bed. I woke up and saw this big light being next to my bed, kind of blondish and rugged and Mm -hmm. he, he, he didn't have his wings on, but he had a long white, um, you know, outfit on, just kind of, you know, what you would think, kind of angelic. And he said, don't be afraid. My name is Michael. And I said, I think I know you. And he laughed. He said, you do. And he took my hand. He said, hold my hand and don't be afraid. So I did. And he took me out of the bed. And the next thing I remembered was flying through the sky, he had one arm around my waist, and we could fly because I wasn't in my body. Oh, so you were like astro traveling out of your body. Yeah, but okay. he took me, and then we were in outer space, and then we went higher, and then we came down into this beautiful celestial blue, and I'm going, this is so beautiful. I wasn't even afraid. I wasn't even afraid. He, he completely, like, I don't know what he did, but... I guess in, in my soul, I was not afraid of Archangel Michael, and I thought it was a wow. good idea to go with him. And then we came down to this field with children from every country. They were all rolling down this field, and in the center of this beautiful green field was the Tree of Life, which I didn't identify it as such. I did not know what that was. I didn't know until I grew up and saw it and went, Archangel Michael took me to the Tree of Life. Now I understand. Wait, and did, you were blossoms. like three years old at that time. No, or? no, I was seven then. When oh, I seven. Got my sorry, purpose. sorry. And then he gave me my purpose. 
So he had us all hold hands around the tree. Then he came to each child. And the reason was we were all had a tenuous hold on life. We were very enthusiastic livers, but we got very upset by a lot of the tragedies of life, by the ups, by the downs, by the evil, mm -hmm. by the things that were even touching our lives, even if it was from knowing about it and seeing things happen, cautions from our parents. We, we weren't handling that as well as we could have. And anytime I got sick from anything, I'd pop out of my body and try to go, keep on going. Does that still happen? And you just you, no, okay. No, no, no. I want to be here. <laughs> I, I, I want to be here Fair now. Enough. Well, now that I'm an old lady, I want to stay. To, I want to get as old as I can and see how long I can do it. I'm ready now. But anyway, he got me down. They got me back in my body. So he he came to me. It was my turn to find out, and I'm thinking, I wonder why I'm here. I'm not even worried about getting home. Mm -hmm. And he bent down and he said, Tony. You are to help to unite all the religions of the world. And I was very into religion and, and missionary things. And I thought, you know, it just seemed like when I would hear kids fight about on the playground about a Jewish kid versus a Catholic kid versus a Protestant kid, they were all in conflict and keep up saying, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. They did right, that in the 50s. Right. On the playground, God, God knows who they had nothing better to talk about that they would tell each other they were going to hell. And I'd say, I don't think anybody's going to hell unless you have to do something really bad. And I don't know about hell. But anyway, so he said to me, to, to, to unite all the religions of the world under one philosophy of love and kindness. That's the only true religion. And it'll be a philosophy that will help to unite everyone in oneness. Now, the word oneness, that's the first time I heard it. And I thought, wow, that sounds cool. So then I said, how am I going to do that? And he laughed. I was the only one who questioned their purpose. I thought, I'm going to do that, the whole world? And he said, no, 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 no. You'll have a whole group of people working with you, but you're one of the people who have come to do this. Right. Do you think uh, religions are at different levels? Like uh, some of them may have a higher insight into this, but others have a higher insight into another aspect, but they're all failing the uh, total love mark. Is that what you're saying? Not really. I'm actually what I truly believe mm -hmm. is that if you study the world religions, which I have, I had an interest in that as I got older, I found that the same message of love is in every one of those religions. Like the golden rule, what, uh, what Jesus taught us, you know, he said, just love one another and do unto others as you'd like, as you want to be treated, you know, treat them like you want to be treated is the translation. And I think most of the religions or all the major religions do feel that way. So that's interesting. What I'm talking about are the rules of religion. Uh, you know, like, let's just take the Catholic Church as an example, you know, or we can take the people that are in these cult religions. They have a lot of rules they have to follow, or they're going to go to hell, and God is angry, and just that whole idea that you find in religion. Right. Um, God is not angry. God just wants you to be happy. And God is truly love. And when I grew up and got older and moved to Houston, I found unity, which unity is a church. Yeah. And it's, it's a church, but it's also a movement of love and kindness. And that is our religion. That's mm. basically our whole thing. And everyone is allowed to come no matter what their religion is. The only yeah. famous, uh, unity, uh, minister that I know is, uh, a guy by the name of Eric Butterworth. 
Oh, he's amazing. Yes, he's oh, one of the. I just the, loved his. He uh, wrote those books. Aren't they amazing? The, he he's was just amazing. Writing. When I I have to admit that when I was going through a really a really a rough time back about twelve years ago, there used to be a website that had. Um, he used to do a radio, like ten minutes inspirational talk, and I used to listen to that and get me through like just those ten minutes a day. Yes. That really like lifted up my spirits, you know. That's how I feel about unity. So I can't go now because of COVID-19. So I, I, you know, tune in on Sunday and I listen for the whole hour. The minister sometimes mentions me. It's a huge church here because I run the healing circle, the Reiki circle, and they embrace that. They believe in reincarnation. They, they call themselves basically a Christian church, but what they take from the Bible is more, more than anything is just the example of Jesus' life. And they call him the way shower. He came here to show us how to live. Mm -hmm. But they they also will quote uh, Muslim religion. They will quote um, Buddhists. They sometimes do a Hindu quote. They do Native American, that beautiful philosophy, you know, the white spirit and, mm -hmm. and, and all of their great spirituality. So we get something from every every culture. And the place is multicultural, especially in Houston. Because right, it's right. an international city. Well, hopefully, um, in due time, uh, religions uh, all will, there will be more and more people that will subscribe to this idea that it's not just my religion. Nobody's or right. Everybody's uh, right. If you love God, you're doing good. Was it um, Billy Graham? I think that was a famous pastor. Back in the day, he's, he used to say yeah. the same thing. He used to say that everybody... If you're not Christian, you're going to go to hell. But then he changed his mind uh, later on. And he's like, you know, it's, it's God's, it's God to judge. That's what he said. That's right. It's, it's always God, God to, judge. to judge. Okay. I want to go uh, to your uh, psychic uh, early days abilities. of, of okay. psychic abilities. Because people are, and I'm always curious about, because I, sure. I don't think I've had that kind of uh, psychic. Uh, I've had maybe a little inklings of, you know, here and there everybody's but... got it i teach it twice a month um on on zoom anybody can come actually it's on uh, the second and the fourth sundays mm -hmm. uh you can find me on facebook tony DeMaio, capital d-e capital m-a-i-o DeMaio is the correct pronunciation in italian it was uh, americanized to DeMaio. De yeah of course either one is fine and uh, and so anyway, long story short, you're born with intuition, all of us. Some people have that heightened intuition. And if you look at the animals, they survive from intuition. I, ju I just read a wonderful quote that in that flood in Thailand, do you remember that terrible flood in yeah, Thailand? About the, the tidal wave, tidal wave, the yeah. tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, 2004. Not one animal died, I heard. Do you know why? Because they knew it was coming. They all went to higher ground and looked down on everybody else. If I saw the animals running to higher ground, I'd start running after them. That's, that's amazing. I think you're the second guest that mentioned that. That's amazing. It's a true thing. It's a very profound thing. I think it was uh, quoted rather recently. It might have been why we were all talking about it. But it's so true. So animals have can show you intuition. I mean, when the birds all run here and act crazy, and when you're, when, well, I know that the rain is about to pound, probably hail. We have three cats here. When they all come flying in and give me a look like, oh, we're home. And I look out, the sun's still out. I go, okay, something's coming. And then boom, it comes like nothing. Right. Thunder, lightning, hail, pounding. 
sometimes the hail balls are that big. I mean, crazy stuff. Even in Texas. In Texas, yeah, it's crazy. The weather's been crazy. Everything's, you know, the weather is upside down. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> um, what what are your uh, some of your earlier experiences uh, that oh, proved? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, you asked me that about four times, and I'm not telling. Sorry, yeah, I well. will. Tell, <laughs> sorry, we talk talk about everything else. Yes, I was born that way. I started seeing dead people and tiny little kid, and I thought, okay, and somehow I knew. I wasn't terrified, and I'll tell you why. I could see through them. I actually see as pixelated lights. You know, if they're a little tiny, remember that that light and bright thing kids played with? I don't know if you had that when you were uh, little. No. There was like a screen that you put, the, they put lights in to make a picture. Right. So it was lights and like, and, and, and the colors of the lights would indicate the clothing or the features on the on the whatever the image was they were making with the little lights. Mm -hmm. That's how I see. It's all little lights of all the colors of whatever their coloring would be, of, of whatever dress they have on. But it's just it's it's clearly not a tangible solid object. You can tell so right I, away. You can tell that I know it's right a ghost. Away. I don't see yeah, I don't see solid. But I think it, it would be freak very creepy. No, never no. did. I just went, okay, well, see, I'm an old soul, and I was prepared for it. So I would say, how can I help you? And I'd be like, two, three. And the, the <laughs> thing would be, this one guy really was, he did, he did upset me. I mean, he didn't terrify me, but it was unpleasant in the extreme. And I yelled to my parents to come and help me. What did he do? And he had a butcher knife. He was some awful thing. See, my parents had moved my grandfather, who came from Italy, he had bought this three-family house in Newark, New Jersey, which was um, at the time, back in the 40s when he did that. I was born in 47. So we were living in that house. That was the first place I ever lived. It was a magnificent, gorgeous, old Victorian mansion. Mm -hmm. So our so-called apartments were like bigger than a lot of houses even now. You know, we had these huge rooms and my parents had all this Victorian carved furniture. I think they bought all the furniture at the house. I don't know how we got it, but it was scary. The furniture scared me more than the ghosts. Because <laughs> it looked like there are monsters in the furniture, like it, gargoyle. I don't do know. Do you what think it's because of the yeah. furniture? Maybe was the furniture that uh, it, it had some remnants of the old energy, or was it just the spirits oh, around I'm sure the house? Oh, sure it was. Uh, that place was haunted. There were a bunch, a variety. Some of them were just pitiful, and uh, and a lot of times just desperate. Uh, children would come and ask for help. That would bother me a lot. So I, I really would just, like what? what yeah. What would they say? Like, I'm lost. Do you know where my parents are? And I would oh say, my God. I'm so sorry. And I don't know. I'm a little girl. And I'd call my mother and she'd come in and they'd disappear. That's and a it horror was movie. Yeah, it was frustrating <laughs> me. I mean, it was so busy at night. It was hard to sleep. And, and I started to see what I call the gallery. I can, I can tune it out now. I don't see the gallery every night. I just say, all right, I'm going to look at the gallery. The gallery, when I close my eyes to go to sleep, as I fall into sleep, the faces come across. And, and, and this time it's black and the faces are like outlined in white. It's like white against right. black. And it's like a picture done in white against the black. And I see the faces come. 
Oh, and it's just the gosh. dead people that might be around. And um, yeah, I had one that really, she aggravated me. This was last year. And she, I don't know how she got into my, into my lineup because she wasn't just a regular person that I could help go to the light. She was showing me herself as a beautiful woman. And she like stopped the gallery and just showed me her and she kept doing it. And then she decayed in front of me until worms were coming out of her eyes. And I said, well, now I get the idea that you're dead and you want me to know this. Okay, I get it. Now, what, am I, what, what do you want me to do? Did you just come here to mess with me? Or can I help you go to the light? Because I'll get back out of bed. We'll do the little Reiki master ceremony and I'll open the light for you. <laughs> right. And she goes, no, I don't want to go to the light. And I said, well, then get out of my house. And you have to be forceful. So I turned the light on. I got up. I did my symbols and I chased her out. If she wouldn't go, I would have had to get this, this sage. As a Reiki master, they'll run from me anyway. So, so sage uh, helps because I do have sage and I sometimes, uh, so that helps with the clearing the energy of the place. Yes, it does. Also, I have, uh, well, I have angels in every room. I have a couple up here. You might not be able to see them, but I've got them behind me. And does that help if you have if you have a representation oh, yes. of an angel angels are good and the angels are all around us i sent you that video did you see yes it? I, I saw that i'll um, try to include angel. it within this video and uh it's very interesting because you just see a flicker of light shoot across and then shoot it the other way and it's like wow well, you saw it come down and go up did you yeah. notice that yeah but i did the still shot for you did you see the still shot there's two, two photos I sent. If the still shot didn't come through of the actual angel, I'll resend it. Okay, this, I saw two videos. Um, oh, okay, videos. two. Well, there was, oh, I sent out two videos? Yeah. It okay. was one of the, uh, near the door and there was one on the t near the TV, I think. Okay, then I forgot to say, I, I thought I sent you the screenshot, I will. Okay. I'll send you the screenshot because I froze. I, I got the, the film to stop right there and took a screenshot of it because I had it playing on my uh, phone. And what was the uh, frame? What did it show? It's of an angel. She's just, she's caught there. You can't see her features on her face because of the light, but you see there's some type of a, like a oh, little fine. crown on her head. And then the little body comes down, her feet come down like that. And then it's like these wings are just flapping so, so brightly. It's just like blinding bright, but you can see the outline of the angel. Mm. And it's caught on digital camera. I'll send it to you the minute that we get off. I promise. Are, are you aware that you had any, because uh, I've heard of the concept of uh, soul contracts, like a uh, pre-agreement yeah. uh, before oh, you're yeah. born. We all have it. We all have, we all have it. it. Oh, yeah. We come here to, let's say, if we're going to have kids, to have the certain kids we have. That's already predetermined. For the most part, those souls want to be born to you. Once you get here, you can mess up your soul contract. You can decide you don't really? want to have Yeah. And so that's okay. You, you get forgiven afterwards. <laughs> you have to come back and do it next time. But the thing because is... Yeah. Most people do not know what they're supposed to do. So you're no. telling, you're telling, uh, you're telling me that you can mess up the contract. Well, how am I supposed to mess up the contract? Because, I don't even know the contract. Because your guys and your angels, that spirit team I told you about is mm -hmm. constantly working 
to, to make serendipity happen for you, to have the right people show up at the right time, but you have free choice. That's how God oh. makes it harder for us in a way. So you can he say said, no. You can say All no. bets are off once you get here. You, you outline your soul contract with God's help. He'll, you know, he or she or whatever God is, I'm not going to make any claims on that. I'm not totally sure. I know it's the force for goodness. And uh, that, that spirit being will help you to realize what your soul needs. This time to work on, to learn, to get to be a better, a better person, more, more of, of more, I mean, I mean, closer to God is, is what you're always trying to More get. loving, more loving. <laughs> more loving that's yeah, the whole thing that's the whole meaning of life is love that's the whole thing it's a secret it's okay. the secret and it's so obvious but, but it's hard to get, get there it's hard to get there yeah it's hard to get there but we all do the best we can and as a human being just by definition of human you're going to mess everything up at times. You're going to drop the ball. Things are going to hurt you too deeply. And you're going to get stalled on your path for a while. And then, um, then you come back. When, when a psychic does a reading, is because um, I have a theory that uh, when they do a reading that they see um, in the future is what they see a potential. But it's not actual. Uh, it might be different potentials. So what you're seeing yes. is something... If you're Possible going on this trajectory, futures. sorry. Possible futures. Wow. Oh, okay, I see. That's, so that's the why way certain things don't happen. Be, uh, what they predict because you still because have free choice. Because of your free choice. If you go get, if you decide to 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 deteriorate, to uh, just deter, to give up on life and lay in the gutter and give up. That's what you're going to do, and that's what you're going to get. Now, that now, what were your possible futures? You could have maybe been very successful, very happy in love. Like, let's say you're wounded in childhood. Something horrible happens to you in childhood. Probably your soul set that up for some lesson that you needed to learn that we don't know on earth. We're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to know what your contract is. Right. You're really not. They only tell you specifically if you're trying to get out of it and leave Earth. And, oh, and you really don't want to do that. Okay. Well, not, yes. Well, I wasn't trying to kill myself. I was just trying to float away anytime I got sick. Because when you get sick, you can choose to die or you can choose to get better. But if you turn off that mechanism that gets you better, I remember making that decision when I was a little tiny kid, maybe four, and I got very ill, and I'm sorry yeah, that, it's not, sorry. I know, the phone rang, so I got rid of it. So, um, you know, I was, uh, I was very ill. I had German measles and chicken pox. And I remember thinking, I'm just going to float on out of here. I know I don't, oh, good Lord, she's not going to stop. I'm so sorry. It's all right. My daughter may call and keep calling. I told her I only had that I had this interview, but she didn't obviously didn't read the text. So anyway, um, I tried to float out and all my spirit team came around the bed. I looked down and saw them and they said, what are you doing outside of your body? There were five. I have five guys. <laughs> and I said, well, it doesn't feel good in that body anymore and I'm going to leave. So they woke up my little baby brother. And they started giving me images in my head of my grandmother, who I adored, of my dad, I was very close to him, and of my little brother. My brother looked up, used to call me Shishi, 
because he had a slushy S. He, he growled through it. And he goes, shushy, shushy, and put his arms up. He could see me because he's a little kid. They could, we can see everything a lot of the wow. time. We're little kids. So, um, so he like, I came back down. And they said, get back in your body, Tony. And, uh, you know, please stay there. You have to get. And I, I remember them saying, and I said, why? And they said, because if you don't do it this time, this is an important lifetime for you. Yes, you will have many challenges. And they were saying, but you knew that when you came. You agreed to it. If you don't meet all the challenges of this lifetime, you will have to come directly back and do it again. All of it again with different parents probably and you know different scenarios right this so, is so mind-blowing though because uh it's uh us talking right here it is so many different decisions that went into this happening it's like a trillion yeah. decisions i'm not surprised it happened i knew that my guide told me i was ignoring my messenger because i just recently i just put out the books which we'll put up in a minute yeah and uh, and so I've got a lot of fan go stuff going on. So I have to, I can't go at it every second, which I'd love to do. I'm very big on customer service. That's my big thing. Mm -hmm. But I had to wait until I had time to look at it. So on early Sunday morning, they woke me up and they said, listen, there's a guy on there who has an opportunity for you and you need to meet him. So go look at it. It's something, it will promote your book and your business. So I thought, okay, it must be an interview. And I got interview, they told me. And I went, okay. So I got out the phone and right in bed, in the dark, I went up and down till I saw you, till I found it. And it was you. <laughs> that's amazing. So I said, I'm so sorry, but that's how, they have to tell me stuff. They have to tell me more stuff now directly because I'm getting older too. Okay. I, <laughs> so, I want to go back to... Uh, uh, when we spoke uh, yesterday, I think you told me about the psychic. Uh, um, you had a uh, you were with your mother, and uh, you were going. Oh yeah, yeah. And, the uh, first that's a very interesting I, story. I predicted what was going to happen to her. I never know when these big predictions are going to come. If somebody calls for a reading now, the way that I read is to go through the spirit guides. That's my thing, and I do that on on psychic tapestry on the radio, which I know we'll talk about in a minute, but. For the for my, just just in the beginning when I was a kid, I didn't know when I was going to get the knowing. I called it the knowing, and I would share that because I'm a communicator, as you can tell, an outgoing. I'm a fire sign, if you know astrology. I'm Sagittarius, so, so we just right, right. let it all hang out. You know? <laughs> right. We just yeah, we share, we share. So, um, so so we we're. We're, we're going to a hair appointment, and it was a, a summer evening in the suburbs of New Jersey, in a fancy little town where no crime happened. I didn't even mention that. Summit, New Jersey, actually. And, um, and so I, uh, you know, we, we, we get out of the car, and we're walking, and, and my, my mother says, we're going to be late. And Mr., I forget his name, Mr. something, what was his name? Mr. Michael. Mr. Michael. We'll just, we'll lose our appointment. And I've, and, and I've had this appointment. She was all upset about this appointment. She goes, we're going to have to cut through the alley. Now, when you hear alley, it sounds like a scary place. Not this one. This was in an upscale, fancy suburb. And it was like brightly lit. It wasn't even dark out yet. So there's no reason to be afraid. It was wide. 
and you just could cut straight through. And there was Mr. Michael shot straight through that alley across the street. So she grabs me up and off we go. And suddenly my guide says directly in my ear, Do, you can't go down that alley. There will be shooting in the alley. Someone's going to be robbed and there will be shooting in the alley. Now you can see no one in the alley. And I thought, Ooh, my mother was tough. You know, she, she was a model. She's professional model and she's gorgeous. And she was on her way to get her hair done. And there was no way she was going to not go. <laughs> she was going to not do it. So I grabbed, I, I knew she would listen. So I backed up and with my other, I got broke away and I grabbed the parking meter on the street just opposite this alley. And I grabbed a hold of it and I put my arms and legs around it. And I said, I'm very sorry, but we can't go down the alley. And she goes, what is wrong with you? You and your imagination. I said, no, someone's going to be robbed down. There's going to be shooting in about a minute, mom, mommy. And she said, I am so sick of you making up stories. Just come along. She's trying to pry me off this meter, getting madder and madder. And then we hear bang, bang, bang. And she goes, there's the shooting. It was a liquor store that got robbed and the guy backed in there and he's shooting because the guy inside started shooting out. He's shooting in, they're all shooting. <laughs> and I don't even know if anybody got killed. I was never told. My mother picked me up and we ran, put me in a doorway and she put her arms up like this. She was shaking and looked down on me and said, I'm so sorry, Tony. I will never doubt you again. And that was a lie. <laughs> she doubted she, me always. She doubted you all the way. <laughs> all the way. She said, you know everything for everybody else, but you don't know. You can't tell me. Oh, I yeah. said, well, that's true. Yeah. But maybe that's a parent's thing. They're like, well, my child cannot know more than me. Da, da, da. Oh, well, I don't even know. But I, I actually, I saved her life. I didn't tell you. I have another one about my mom. Woke up at 3 a.m., which is like the witching hour. That's when the veil is thinnest and you get a lot of messages or visitation. At 3 a.m. If anybody's listening, they've had any wacky things happen. At 3 a.m., what if you're awake? Know. What if you're awake at 3 a.m.? It's not. It just woke me up and I okay. went, what? And then I heard the, vo the voice of my guide, your mom's house is on fire. Call her now. She's asleep. Tell her to get on the floor and crawl out. Then you call the fire department. Clear as a bell. I mean, whenever it's to save a life, that's how I get it. And I had no questions. So I reach over, call my mother and tell her. And she picks up the phone and goes starts coughing and she goes oh my god there's smoke in the room she didn't even know who i was because it's old days you know it's in the 70s i'm yeah. a young young mom and i'm married and i go mom it's it's me your house is on fire get down on your knees and crawl out i said you know you, you can crawl out you'll make it out and call in the fire department she's living alone she's getting older so i called and they came and what had happened was the furnace was burned out it was winter and uh, the oil furnace and it started a fire in the basement so she didn't have a lot of damage just smoke damage but she got out alive she would have died from the smoke inhalation and then the fire because it had caught fire but she right. got out but that that's a good advice because the smoke was all and and uh, the underground is the only place where it's less yeah. uh gas yeah so it worked and she got outside and I called the fire department, which was down the street. It was on the same street as hers. So they definitely saved the house. It was like three doors down was a fire department. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. did you save other lives as well? 
or that's no, the that's just her. It was my my brother was younger. He was still living there, but he wasn't home. She checked. I knew he wasn't home because I wasn't told to save him. But she she went by his room and said, "No, he's not." He was, you know, he was out. Yeah. So, so how did you get into um, Reiki? How did you get into Reiki? Reiki. I was told to, to find, um, well, since I was a little girl, I had what they called healing hands. And my son once had a terrible accident, which I predicted he was going to have an accident that day, kept him home from school, and he had it on the front porch. He and his <laughs> sister was up. And that, that's what I decided to study to hone my abilities because I would know stuff sometimes and not be able to Can I ask you this? It. Yeah. Would he still have the accident had he gone to school? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, actually he would have because he made it through the whole day without the accident and it was after school. I was making dinner. So yes, he would have oh, had it. There you go. I just thought, well, see, they were going on a school bus. Again, it was winter. So my rational mind took over too fast and I thought it must be a bus accident or something. So I'm gonna keep him home. Cause I, I was personally worried. See your own worries can come in. That's called the monkey mind. So at that point, I, I knew I had to find a teacher. So I did, but the, the accident was freaky. Uh, we had a freestanding um, brick wall in the middle of this porch. We were in a farmhouse then in Pennsylvania in the Pocono Mountains in a valley with all these beautiful mountains around us. I had an antique shop on my front lawn, which is, was what I was doing, and still writing and writing books and being psychic, but I was doing that too. So anyway, so his sister was little, much littler. She was throwing a ball. They were throwing a basketball back and forth on the porch, and it hit the wall, just the basketball, and the thing went boom. And he, instead of letting it fall, he was, oh, he's an amazing, amazing person. So he didn't want the, he didn't want it to fall and break. So he ran to grab it and it was oh. much too heavy and it crushed both his legs. His little sister was seven years old and she pulled it off before I got outside and never had an injury. Superhuman strength. The angels were helping her. She, she lifted it or so she pulled lifted it. Lifted it and oh. he got, he crawled out. And but he still injured him. his legs, obviously. Oh, yeah. But she had it off of him before I got out there. It's a That's true story. Amazing. Yeah, well, they're very, they were very close. And, uh, and so then, um, you know, I took him to the hospital, all of that. And then he had a long recovery. So he's, he's a practical person. He's a Capricorn Earth sign. And he said, we had this old farmhouse. We were up on the second floor. And uh, the only way out would have been, he, he had always insisted, even when he was four and five, he's an old soul too, that we'd have um, rope ladders or the, they were actually metal ladders that we could hook on our, on our windowsills to always get out. And he'd want to have fire drills. He was five once and he wanted to have fire drills to be sure <laughs> he could always get out of the top floor. So anyway, so he said to me, I'm not going up to my bed with my legs all crushed because I can't walk. So bring my mattress down and I'll lay in the living room floor and watch TV and hang out here till I heal. So we did, which was very smart. So there he is in the middle of the living room floor for quite a while, it was a couple of months. And, um, and I was his nurse. And so I would put, he would say to me, put your hands on my legs. And, he, and I said, why? And he said, because you have healing hands. And I realized 
I really do. Whenever somebody's sick, I put my hands on them and try to heal them. So fast forward, I have a friend, um, I'm 50 years old then, by then. And I'm it's still in Pennsylvania, another part. I'm a marketing manager. And my friend and I are co-managers of this marketing place. And she has MS. And we were such close friends. And she have terrible disability from it. And I remember I wanted to put my hands on her. And my guide said, now it's time for you to find, to learn this energy healing. And he used the word modality, which I'd never heard that word. Mm. And he said, there is something like that. And you will find it very soon. And when you do, you're to take the course. It was expensive at the time. I'm very, I'm very inexpensive when I teach because I want people to, I make a lot of Reiki masters because I'm, I'm very inexpensive. But at the time I paid like $1,000 for Reiki 1, $1,000 for Reiki 2, $3,000 for Reiki 3. Wait, this was but back in the 70s or something? Or... This, by the time I was 50, it was the, uh, the 90s. Okay, okay. So I, um, you know, I found it. And how did I find it? Through my friend with MS. I said to her, her name was Jane. I said, Jane, I, I, wanna, I wanna learn how to, how to do this healing with my hands. Now I'd already done reflexology, but that, that was physical and you'd hurt people. And I, it hurt me when, I, when it was done on me. My grandmother, who was my mentor and the first psychic, we zoom back now to when I'm three, she was the first psychic in the family. So good. Oh was my she, God. Was she, uh, Italian. Who was my mentor? Was she no, that, no, no, it was my Irish grandma. Oh, Irish my, grandma. Okay. My, my mom was Irish, English, all that. And my dad was full-blooded Italian. So she was the Irish, the fun grandma, the big fun grandma. Anyway, so, so grandma was my mentor and she did reflexology, but she didn't hurt me when she did it. But I knew all about how it worked. So I, I thought I wanted to do that, but my thumbs would really hurt. And I didn't like hurting people. And, a lot, and if you do it the way they want you to do it, it hurts. So I thought there's something better than that where I just, it, they were telling me, you, you don't even, you can put your hands over or on the person. And you're going to channel energy from the heavens. So I'm looking and looking and, and, and I, tell, I tell Jane, I'm looking for something and I describe what I want. And she says, I have a friend who is teaching something called Reiki. And the way she describes it, it's exactly like that. And her class is this coming Saturday. Now, I'd gotten my income tax return. And at that point, I was a single mom at that, in that junction. So I had, I had all this money because when you have deductions. <laughs> so yeah, I had money. a lot of money in my income tax return at that time. So I had the money to go and do it. So I took one and two. Then a few years later, I became a master. But it was exactly what I'd been looking for. And she was a professor at a college, and she had learned Reiki. And she was teaching people. So it was amazing. And from that moment... I have done Reiki every day of my life since that moment. So for about... Um, 22 years 22, or more. Okay. Wow. Yes. And uh, I, I do it on myself, which is how I have all this energy at 72. And I've done it on my animals. I have cats that will live to 20 because of it. Can I ask you a, a controversial Reiki question? Are sure. There, are there bad Reiki practitioners that are not... Uh, 
maybe spiritually well and they're using it as um because one time i was talking to somebody i forget who and uh they were they were saying that um that they thought that some people do it for for the ego gain that oh i'm a healer all that is it possible to still it isn't, it? it isn't the person that heals it's right. always divine energy that filters through you that channels through you and uh, some people don't get it quite right they're not as effective as the people who are doing it for the right reasons as you okay. said and ego is always our challenge but at least that person had the desire to help others in some way. Now the Reiki master or the Reiki practitioner is only as effective as they have healed themselves. Right. So if you don't, if you don't have it together, if you're out of balance, if you're not a kind person and a loving person, you won't be anywhere near as effective. And usually those people don't last long in Reiki just because they don't really, it isn't coming from the right, the right place. Yeah, so they and, stop doing it. And they probably, the word of mouth is probably not good as compared to the other people. So they're probably. Well, I think it's even more that, yeah, yeah. People aren't attracted to come to them. Yes. Uh, yeah. They're just not attracted to their energy if they don't, if, if they aren't uh, trying to be their best self, because part of being a Reiki well, at the master level, is you're supposed to be a really good person. You're supposed to try to be a really good person. You're supposed to get your words right, your actions right with others. You have to operate with integrity in all things. You become a mentor for anyone that, that you treat or that you uh, teach. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a commitment to living at a higher vibration. Right. And, and not be more that loving. Yeah, right. not that it makes you any better than anybody else. It doesn't. It's just that you're a soul that's trying to be the very best you can be in every moment, which is living your best life. That's Oprah, I'd like Let, to say. Yes, let's talk about um, your, you said you're an author. So you wrote yes. several books and uh, some of them recently that have become very popular, I think. Oh, well, they're starting to take they're off. They're starting like to crazy. take off like crazy people anybody that seems to read this is the first one it's called my heart will find you and, and is this your me. story or is this a story about this how to is, become more heart-centered no this is my life in this book and it's true and it's a wild ride this life has been as wild and adventurous as my past life that i remembered in dreams this is the second book my heart's adventure mm-hmm and this is the third. The cover is different in the Kindle edition on this one. This is my heart's secret desire. And there are two things going on in this book. The first one is I start dreaming about this past life at the age of three. And I have a colorful family. My family was in show business. I was on a TV show as a little kid. So it's, it's not just some old lady's boring story it's, it's it's pretty compelling in both stories that's what i'm hearing as feedback and um so i started to dream about it i grew up and wrote them wrote the book wrote, wrote the dreams into a romance novel went back to college switched my major from theater i was an, an actress first and a, and a singer and i did musical theater and cabaret for years and years and years is one of the things i did very done a lot of stuff very interesting done a lot of stuff <laughs> 
And anyway, so I go back to catch to, to get to get better at the writing. And the teacher says, you have all this intricate details about 1797 and after the early 1800s in this story. And it sounds like you know what you're talking about, but if you can, you can't put this out without checking it because what you've written is a historical romance. So I go, okay. So I go check, and where do I go to check? I'm living in New Jersey at that time, and I go to Princeton. It was a bit of a drive from my suburb, but I went to Princeton because they had a library that was reputed to have uh, hi intricate history information on the old microfiche, uh, which is what they had in libraries. I don't even know if they still have it, about uh, every state. And I needed to know Ohio history because these people were on a wagon train going west from Boston to Ohio in that, in that year. So I go and I look and I actually find it's all true. I found that I had written the right last name of the man that, that started this wagon train. And I think I also shared with you years later, I got to go see where the, the, the town in Ohio where they docked, Marietta, and they have preserved the historical part of the town. And my husband who had read the book, he said, wow, you've got this right. He was like, he was like thrown for a loop. I, I kind of was too. It was very surreal to be back in those places. I felt like, ooh, you know, I'm here, I'm there, I'm back there. I kept seeing more stuff. It was just amazing feeling. And, wow. and as, as we came up the hill that we had docked at where the plaque was, they now had stairs. So we could climb up and when we were getting close to the top, my husband said, now in the book, she comes to the, you know, from, from her barge where her wagon was stuck, put on in her wedding dress and walks up here. She has to get married because she's, a, she's orphaned on the trip. And she does, she has to marry this old minister who's just Wait, is, not what is, she wants. I'm sorry, uh, is it the, in the person in the past life, it, was that you? Yeah. You were I've the been lady. dreaming about being her since I was three and I had that waking vision I think I mentioned that to you yesterday and being in a in a wagon that was on fire and having to get this woman out of the wagon who was with me and looking down and seeing I was a young girl and I had I was a little girl then so I was shocked to see it but I you know I knew that it was me and so this, I pulled her out so this is all and part Indians of the books are, yeah and the Indian is Indians are circling the wagon train and I could smell them. I could smell that they put that bear grease to, on their face. It was a hard, it was a really stench, it was a stench. And as a little kid, I just got that smell and because oh, I'm watching Hopalong Cassidy sing. Uh. The Indians were coming over the hill and that's when that triggered it. When I, they loomed up like over the hill, you know, they would come and then there and then the people down the valley would see it and go, oh, oh, you know, here they come. And I, that happened in that, in, in my past life. And I, it's very terrifying. It was real then. And they came down and I was so scared on there. That was terror. It's like and a then movie after, scene. It's like it a movie was like, scene. <laughs> like watching it. It was like I was gone and watching a movie. So I, uh, you know, I came out of it and I said to my parents, Hey, do you guys remember the wagon train? And they're going, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. More imagination <laughs> from the crazy kid that we have, this little drama queen. You know, that's what they thought. 
But anyway, I so found I wanna, out all of them have been true. I want to also mention uh, to people that you have uh, gone into radio as well. You have a radio show uh, yep. on Block Talk Radio. Block Talk Radio is going on six years now with Ken Kessler, who is a musical intuitive. I do my angel spirit guide connection readings. We give live uh, readings on air to the callers that we've never seen, don't know anything about them. And we've been doing that for years. Uh, so, right now it's on Mondays. It's going to be, we're, we're on hiatus because he's moving. He's got a big move plan. So we're on hiatus for a few weeks. We'll be back. You can find me on social media with my name. Uh, it'll come up all over the place. And I always post. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll post the link under the video as well. So people oh, will, will be able you. to find you and your website and all that. Thank and your you. Block Talk Radio. Um thank so, um, what? Uh, to explain to people, what is a musical in, musical intuitive? Intuitive. Yeah. Well, he's got this. It, well, it's just one of. It's just the way his abilities have, have expanded. He know. He whenever he hears a song, or if he hears a song, he gets a message from it for some from somebody. That's how his messages come from the lyrics. So he has loaded, he's been in radio forever. That was his profession for 40 years. So Ken has loaded this jukebox. He calls it the psychic jukebox. And it's loaded with thousands of songs from every type of music you can imagine, everything. And it plays continuously during the show, but we don't hear it. It's like, you know, he's got it on mute. But whenever we take a call from a caller, he stops stops it stops the, the music at the place where they picked up the phone and said hello and that's their messages in that song and it truly is he can also read tarot but he does that for the people and they they're blown away every time so it's uh it's whatever the lyrics are it's very accurate and they're like oh this is this is my situation there's some this message is... yeah there's some message in it and usually a very profound one to be found or something to look at. It's just, you know, they're, it's, they're just very relevant to, to, to the people's lives. Okay. And he works through his guides as well. So that's why we're so compatible. We both believe very strongly in listening to your spirit guide. You can, uh, the, the closer you can be to that guidance system, to be more open you can be to receiving guidance, your life goes smoother. And if you say, uh, guide me every morning, dear Lord and angels and guides, guide me. I'm ready. I, I, I am open to guidance. I'm, I need it. If yeah. everything comes into play and things start to happen serendipitously for me. I need to do that more. I need to do that more because uh, we have to do it. Every guidance morning. is part of a, is part of a program that I attend as well. And, and uh, I always find when I do guidance, the second question, the second challenge, I, I mean, is you get guidance, but then you also need to be, uh, need to be, follow it. <laughs> it's one thing to say. You need to follow it. Yes. Yes. The better you are at following your own intuition. And intuition comes in, in various ways. You, everybody has it. There's clairvoyance. If you have vivid dreams, if there's ever a message in your dreams for you, a lot of the time dreams are just your subconscious working crap out and you know we know that but right. sometimes there's an important dream claircognizance is inspired thought where the angels and guides put an idea in your head and you go that's that's the answer how did i think of that well you didn't you didn't 
there's two others. The, the problem I have often is how do I know if something, because I have often doubt, like uh, I'm getting this guidance. It all seems very good. I'm getting a couple of things, da, 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 but I'm like, uh, is, is this really it? Is this really, you know? <laughs> it, has a, it has to resonate with you. Okay. Even, even the guidance are suggestions toward what the guides, you know, they, they've known you since birth. And they kind of do know what would be good for you. So you should consider all guidance. But consider it. You're only supposed to, and, and any psychic that gives you a message, that too, if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. You don't have to listen to other people. But I try not to tell people what to do. I just show them possible futures. And of course, it's all their decision. When you say resonate, does that mean it has to feel like something inside feel you? You're right. like, yes. Feel it, right to you. You're like, no, you get excited. No, you get excited. Yes. Or you get like a feeling of lightness or something. It's yes. not heavy. It's not heavy. It's right. not heavy. Whatever lights you up is good. That's what you need to be doing. The things that make you most alive. That's what we need to do. Okay, we shouldn't like, have jobs that drain us, that I hate to go to work. I hate to wake up in the morning because I hate my job. A lot of people you do that. You have to quit that job. You have to quit that job. You have to find something better. If you need education, you have to man okay. up, woman up, and get I, it. I have a question about this because there's a theory. I, I read, uh, I think it was James Allen. I don't know if you're familiar with James Allen. He was saying that something along the lines of, it's because you hate what you're doing that you get more of it. Like he was saying to become more... Yes more even if you hate your job to be to like it more and then that way you're gonna improve is that something you you subscribe to yes it, you can change your life change your attitude change your life like look eric, at things from a eric different perspective yes you can change your life by altering your thoughts that's what he always used to say that is true thoughts are tangible things they truly are they are magnetic we are made of energy what you believe about yourself is who you will be it's logic as well if you right. don't believe yourself worthy you won't try to do better you won't try to go for that if you don't believe you can do it on that do you think emotions are more powerful than thoughts like changing emotions i think both are very powerful to change your emotion you may have to control your thoughts. And that uh, behavioral psychology helps there, I have found. Like, let's say you're in a terrible breakup, your life is shattered, you, you can't get past loving this person. They're on your mind constantly. You're torturing yourself. This pain, you own it, you wear it like a badge, you become a martyr, and your life is stalled. So how do you change that? You're going to have to, first of all, logically control your mind, your thoughts. You're going to have to choose different thoughts. That's what they tell you in behavioral therapy. You have to push that out of your mind and you have to start believing in something else. Ayanna Van Zant has a beautiful tool for that. She has you, she's a big life coach. You know, do you know who Ayanna Van Zant is? I, I she's associated. She's associated with Oprah and has often been on own. She's had her own show. She says, change your story. You know how we all have our sad story? Yes, yes. We got hurt. Everybody did this and that to us. Well, we all have some responsibility if it's only for putting ourselves there. The only time we don't have responsibility for what happens to us is if we're trapped as a child in a bad situation. 
at which point we still have to forgive anyone who did bad things to us. Because why? That no longer serves you to hold on to anger and resentment. That causes a blockage in your body that maybe a Reiki master needs to help you get rid of, or any type of energy healer, or pray to God to let go of that resentment. That's why you have to always forgive. Right. Going, going back to emotion, I had an experience when I was in France. I used to be very, um, I would say, uh, very, very afraid of heights. And then I did this meditation called, based on letting go by Dr. David Hawkins, where I just went into fear and I was focusing on fear. And then I went back to Scotland and with a friend, we, uh, we went up this uh, tower. It used to be a church, but now it's a hostel. We went up to the top. And I knew I was going to be scared, so I just looked up, and we went up to the top. But then he ended up being more scared than me. I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is kind of cool. Because inadvertently, because I was going into the fear and not trying, not, not trying to resist it and just being, uh, being with it. Present in the moment. No, no, no. Like through the months of being in, in France, I did that for like an hour a day for like a few months. Oh, what so through that time, I think I maybe diminished the, the reservoir of, of uh, fear, as it were, by that meditation. So by the time I got back to Scotland, some of my fear of heights diminished because of, uh, because maybe all of the fears. You faced your fear. Yes. You faced your fear. That's an excellent, amazing, brave thing to do. There's also a shortcut on YouTube. There's YouTube. YouTube music there to fix everything that's wrong with you. Are you aware of that? It's engineered, that. it's engineered scientifically to alter your brain chemistry in positive ways. So if you want to get rid of fear and anxiety, you play that music. You type into the search bar music to, uh, to rid yourself of fear and anxiety. They usually go together. And you'll get like all these beautiful compositions just pop up. It's very new agey. So you listen to these beautiful tones and the sound and this music. I do it while I'm on the computer, whatever I need. Music for abundance. It starts abundance to flow in your life. And let it mess with your head in a good way while you're doing other paperwork or other computer work. That's what I do. I do it every day. It empowers you. Um, last thing I'll ask, because uh, this came up when you were talking about that is the concept of i think it's real because i've experienced it i think uh spiritual bypassing when you're like oh everything's good and all that but then you're like um inadvertently i think you're suppressing something you're like oh this this is not me this is not who i am and all that but then you're stuffing it away or something and how do yeah. you think you can you can uh, tackle that Facing the actual truth instead of just giving positive, mon empty positive mantras. Is that what you're saying? If things aren't great, you're trying to make them better by going, everything's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of like... No, uh, everything's not perfect, but it's going to get better. Mostly because I'm going to make it better one right. way or the other. Because right. you have free choice and you can use that free choice to create exactly what you want in life. And if it doesn't come as fast as you want, that's okay. You have to be patient. That's part of manifestation. Right. You should study that next, the law of attraction. That's fascinating. That is the key I can manifest exactly what I want, like the very thing. I have manifested a stone house to live in in about a month. 
I manifested the exact model, make, year, and color of a car that I wanted. Didn't even try hard. I just wanted it so bad in that moment that I said, that would be so nice. It'd be great if I get that. I don't know how I could get that, but it would be great if I got that. And then I let it go. And it's okay if I don't, because I'm, I'm grateful for what I have. And that's the crucial ingredient. Sorry, is, is that the crucial ingredient? You, you picture something in mind vividly, but then you have to let it go because if you- You have to let it go right. and let it come to you. And then, do you know what that, 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 that wanting, that desire, that feeling, you have to feel how good it's gonna feel driving in your new car. And, and get, getting new cars is not the highest way to do this. How about finding my true love? How about having a beautiful workplace? How about getting along better with everybody? Those things you can also help to make happen with your attitude. And if that's what you really want, your, your actions will match your desire. And that's how we do create and make things happen. You can't sit in the living room and hope to meet your true love. Not going to happen. There has to be action as well. You have to, there has to, you be have to follow action. your um, hunches. I think um, your I don't know desire you... with action. Have you ever... Um, uh, What's her name? Florence Sin or something. The Game of Life and How to Play It. She wrote that yes. book. Uh, and she was like, you have to, she was like, put the, uh, put, speak the word. She was big into speaking the word, but then she was like, speak it into existence. Then yes. you have to listen to your hunches. You have to obey it. You have to like, and I thought that was very interesting because it connected. That's very uh, true. It connected uh, the intention with the action. It has to be, you know, uh, faith without works is dead kind of thing, you know? Yep, and intention powers every action in life. Reiki is powered by intention. Everything is. You have to set an intention to accomplish whatever it is, and that starts to make it happen. Yep. Amazing. So on that note, I think uh, we should conclude this uh, amazing show. And uh, again, plug your, uh, I will also put your links down, but- uh, Ah, thank so, you um you are uh i know you said your rates are low so many people might seek you out so you had to do, do reiki you do a psychic uh teachings yes i do i'm psychic. only four i'm forty dollars an hour for everything i do and i'm twenty dollars a half hour if somebody really needs help and if you have no job and you need help i'll help you i can't help it that's just part i give back to and uh, I, I run a free Reiki circle at uh, Unity of Houston. We're on hiatus due to the illness, due to the pandemic, but we're online, so anybody can come to the Reiki circle. You'll find links to that all over my Facebook, and I will post before Reiki, second and fourth Saturdays. And this book, the one thing I wanted to add to the first book in the trilogy, is not only does do I find out. That, I, that the past life is true and that these people had lived, but the people in this lifetime were in that lifetime with me. Now they're playing different parts, wow. but we all came back to learn different lessons this time. And I also find that true love never dies. And there is a great love that survives the centuries to come back in this lifetime. And I couldn't run and I couldn't hide. And that's in here too. It's a great love story as well. Sounds like and it'll be a great movie books. someday. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? It's been talked about being a movie in the past. I had a screenwriter interested, 
back in Pennsylvania. He didn't have enough connections to get it done, but he was very excited about it. Maybe it's not the right uh, time you yet. You never know. No, I know. It wasn't the right time. This was 15 years ago. Oh, okay. And that, that was the problem. It actually came out in a shorter version, truncated version that got ripped up by a, by a traditional publisher back in 2014. And it didn't do very, that well. And I knew the time wasn't right. And I took it off the market and I fired the publisher. And then I, yeah, it's the editors. I found a I don't, better I, way to go. I, I've heard stories from my favorite, um, uh contemporary philosopher, I'd say Thomas Sowell, that editors just, just uh, destroy a lot of things. So he would just yeah. insist on having his book published just without any edits whatsoever. And sometimes well, it would take a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, you kind of have to have edits. The author can't judge what has to be in there to the most part. But they, they chopped a whole book out of my book. <laughs> Yeah. Granted, it was too long a manuscript, but it should have been three books instead of two the first time. And when I found out what they took out, it was all the good stuff, all the romance. And I thought, what on earth? So I had to get rid of it. I had to take that down. Oh, one thing I forgot. You also do um, transformational coaching. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That's an amalgamation of all my bag of tricks. And whatever a person needs, I have something that'll, that'll help them to do that. And what I basically do is figure out what you really want to do and what you want to accomplish and empower you. Help you Amazing. to empower yourself in order to achieve that. And if you're doing something, one small thing every day towards your big, massive goal, there is a satisfaction to be had because that big journey starts with the first step. And That's if you make one advice. step every day. Yep. There you go. <laughs> there we go, everybody. Tony DeMaio. Um, Thank you, Matt. I just think you're adorable. I'd love, to, <laughs> I'd love to hang out with you again sometime. You're just a little, little wonderful person. You are a wonderful person. You are a bright light in this universe. You're going to okay. go far. Okay, enough. enough, enough. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> enough all right. of that. It's true. It's all right. true. Thank you for being on the podcast and uh, thank, thank you everybody you. for listening. Thank you all. Bye-bye everybody. And bye -bye. I love you all. Love you all.